everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. I am back again, once more, with Mr. Endo Mills, number one Arizona Coyotes fan. They took our they took our goalie, they took our they took our Richie, but we took their bunting. So, yeah, fair trade. Yeah, fair trade. <laughs> and of course, as he is every Friday, Mister Sin for the win is here. Sin, you uh, have a habit of missing every big show. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not. Yeah, it's not even a big deal. I'm cool with it. No, just kidding. Yeah, it, it did kind of suck. I was, I, I was like, ah, oh, whatever. Maybe it'll be like some of the previous couple year deadlines where like everyone's expecting cool shit to happen and like nothing cool happens. No, 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 no. This year everything happens. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, quickly then. Number one, how's your week been? And secondly, your thoughts then on the trade deadline since you weren't able to join us yeah. on Tuesday's show. I will say though, really quickly again for anybody that didn't listen to Tuesday's show. Again, uh, Endo Mills and I were joined by Mr. Danny Webster of the Las Vegas Sun. Covers the Golden Knights professionally. Uh, it was one of our longer podcasts in a while, but we went through every single team. It was a, a hell of a show. If Sim was there, it would have been three hours, and I would have been perfectly okay with it uh, because there was a hell of a lot to talk about. Sin, continue. <laughs> Yeah, this is, uh, to me, this dread deadline was very much a uh, a kind of feast or famine thing. And, like, uh, there were certain teams that were willing to do whatever the fuck it took, and then other teams which claimed to want to be in these win-now situations that simply didn't pull the trigger, that were seemingly waiting around for things to happen. So it's not so much specific moves that really kind of gets me. It's Well, I mean, it is because it's certain teams making those specific moves. And, like, off the cuff, I mean, the Florida Panthers – uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then a couple sneaky ones, too. Uh, I think the Wild had a really, really good trade deadline. Um, Jacob Middleton. Yeah, first of all, Jake the fucking Stash Middleton, as well as picking up Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, huge. Also, I think the Penguins had a really good move that kind of flew on. Well, it didn't fly under the radar to me because there was another team interested in it that I was really hoping wouldn't get their hands on Ricard Raquel, and then they didn't, and now they're fucked, which is awesome. And I uh, hope is that on the docket here? Yes, it is. All right, I see it. I see it. All right, I'll hold. My, I'll hold my my, my uh, hold my comments till then. But yeah, I think yeah. it was great. I, I think, think we all know who you're referencing. Yeah, some of the losers of this trade deadline, at least on paper and with lack of moves made, Toronto, Boston, sorry, um, and hold on, I had another one in here that I was going to say we're taking some L's here. I love how you mentioned Toronto. You didn't say sorry, but when you mentioned Boston, you said sorry. I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you're in constant state of pain, so I feel like this is normal, and you're it's just adjusted to it. Ah, uh, shit. Yeah, fair point. You know, whatever. I can't even remember who had the... Ah, we'll jog your memory a little bit later on. Oh, the Blues. I, I do not like the Blues. Fair. I did not like the Blues uh, deadline. I think they they got Iserman really, really hard. Oh, you don't like overpaying for Nicoletti? No, absolutely not. I think that's whole, <laughs> consi- I mean, I, I get, yeah, like it, it makes it makes. I don't know. I guess like at times it seemed like oh the market's really high for def- for defensemen, but then it wasn't like that. And then the Blues were like, actually, it is. Here's all this yeah. shit for Nicoletti. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I th- would you rather? Would you rather pay what the Blues did for Nicoletti or pay what the Panthers did for Ben Sherratt? Oh, yeah, that's tough because the, the Panthers are in a much better situation. 
in which mm. case they can definitely afford to kind of do that for Sherrod. I honestly like Panthers. They are like the team to beat Tampa. I, I really feel like that. And they, they completely went all in. I mean, it's insane. Was it was a Giroux Domi Sherrod? Like what the hell? How, like, where do these guys, I'm, I'm, I'm like, where did these well, guys Domi, play? Domi ended up in Carolina, but oh, the Panthers right, did technically, sorry. it was the three team trade. Yeah. yeah they yeah, retained yeah. salary on Max. <laughs> yeah. I had that mixed up. Yeah, that's right. They, yeah, Cap Friendly will show it as like, oh, Domi went to them. It's yeah, Cap Friendly is kind yeah, of weird, but three. I was trying to like catch that. up on that. Uh, that okay. Now, yeah. now I remember. Again, why does Carolina need Max Domi? That's another one. I don't. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. Carolina didn't stand out to me too much. Like Max Domi's okay, but if that's all you're bringing in, really, man. Anyway, yeah. it, was, it was a busy ass trade deadline. I'm already forgetting half the shit. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> as for my team, I mean, it was okay. It's still like there's still like what are you doing? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, hey, let's sell Middleton. Let's take in Capo Cock in it. And I'm like, it's it's the same yeah, thing. Tonight. It's the same thing. Like, I get it, Capo Cock and you know, mid twenties goaltender. This is the time where they start to break out. Sharks are looking to have another Toskala Nabokov Kiprasov, but uh very much a uh a internet rip version of it, if you will. <laughs> Um, so we have talk. We have Nabokov and Toskala at home. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Nabokov and Toskala at home is Aiden Hill and Kapokakin. <laughs> James Reimer was great. I'm kind of surprised you know, that he's still Reimer. He's gone in the off season. I'm sure. He, like they're gonna run with gone, the two twenty five year olds. Yes, he's gone with the one year left, and I'm hoping they do it in the off season before perhaps he regresses next year. But yeah, that's like the weird thing about the Sharks. It's like exact mirror of the situation that they're in, in real life hey are we rebuilding are we competing we can't do both but let's try to do both and that's what they did at the deadline and i don't know man but uh other than that yeah yeah it's a lot to try uh to try Abs didn't have a bad and... deadline either but yeah there's a shit ton of moves like that's why i wish yeah. i was on the show because Again, I'm even getting like I'm trying to just catch up with everything, getting them all confused in my head. Whatever, it, it was a crazy cool te- deadline, and I was actually on Twitter for all of it. It's been a while, but that was fun. Mm. Yeah, you've been sticking to Instagram, being like, "Hey, look at me, I'm an outdoorsman." I am. <laughs> it's good for the mentals. It absolutely <laughs> is. Twitter's. Link. I've discovered Twitter is like the most depressive social media outlet there is. It's kind of nuts. If I like, and maybe it's just the way it's set up. How you just read everyone and. <laughs> They're all, all everyone's everyone just hates life. I, I I'm like, wow, okay. It is the yeah. worst. It is oh my god. But the you know what the worst part about it is it's like the most easily trafficable as in like the track and everything. So it's like the yin and the yang. You have all this mm-hmm. like this whole thing where it's like, oh, everyone's like here and it's really easy to put a tweet out. And then it's like, oh, everyone's here and it's really easy to put a <laughs> yes. tweet out. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Like, oh, this person's talking. But yeah, anyway. That app is yeah. free, by the way. Twitter is free. And the amount of the amount of entertainment you can find on that app, God help you. I do want to hear some of your guys' thoughts on maybe just your specific teams. Like I I don't think Toronto or Boston really had a good well, trade deadline at all, but I want to hear your thoughts. I was gonna say I do think we have uh a Bruins and Leafs section coming up here. So we'll get to okay, that, cool. I think, in a little bit. I'll make I'll make yeah. you wait. 
Really, only a couple of minutes, actually. Not this always happens well. when I miss a big show. I come in and then I'm yeah. like, you know what? Let me direct this fucking podcast. <laughs> Screw all the work you just did putting this sheet together. Let me ask the questions. Yeah. Well, I'm in the well hey, yeah. it's a natural segue. It is. It's a natural mm. segue. But uh, I'll allow Endo to speak before we mention that we got some bills to pay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm quickly making a meme for when we get into our section when we talk about like uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the Leafs because of their situation and everything that happened mm-hmm. there. Uh, let's just say it's going to be really, really funny. Hopefully. I hope so. Uh, with that, though, like I said, hey, before we get into kind of the meat and potatoes of this show, I have to mention, as always, this podcast brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. You can use code TUGIA at checkout for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping to get the best tools for the job from your friends at Manscaped, head to toe, they got you covered. Treat yourself right. Endo Mills, we know this. Sin, we know this. They got everything. Doesn't matter if it's your face, if it's your balls, you got to shampoo that hair. They have deodorant, and it's circular. It's the best. It's circular deodorant. Oh, my God. And it's amazing. No it's so good. <laughs> like, I'll be sitting here at my desk because I'm working from home, and I'm like, oh, I smell. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to take a shower right now. I'll go put some deodorant on. I just roll it on. It rolls. It's spe- it's literally spherical. I will just like to say the ball trimmer, which works on all loose skin. Any ladies out there who like to uh, maintain, it is uh, – very much vetted for. And you know what? The best thing is, it doesn't suck and it's not colored pink. Because who the hell knows why uh, women's razors suck? It's just very weird. But yeah. Whamming. <laughs> it's true. It, it's very Slap true. Color, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Slap the colored pink on yeah, it. And tr- check out, check out the ball trimmer for your non-balls. There you go. You call it the do hedge trimmer. Have to do. Hedge trimmer. There you go. I care about the 5% of women who actually listen. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Again, go to get check out manscaped.com, 20% off free worldwide shipping. With that, we have some viewer questions here today, and we're going to work in some into kind of our larger talking points on the day. But we kick things off here, and again, a friendly reminder, you can get your questions in over on the Discord, link in the description, whether or not you're watching or listening to this podcast. Join up on the Discord, viewer questions section right up towards the top. First question comes from Money Man 229. What kind of dinosaur do y'all think you are? <laughs> Rar XD. That's what kind of dinosaur I am. <laughs> I'm an emo Oh sore. my god. Oh uh, god. I'll, I'll think on hmm. I don't know. I don't know if you could top that answer. I think you're good. <laughs> I think you're good. And um, although I do love if you Google uh, Rar XD, the the top uh, thing is people also ask, "What does it mean to be Rar XD?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh god! It's not a meaning; it's a way of life. Oh, you god. only Rar XD once, and then you regret it. We've, we've reached later. the point where, uh, yeah, we're 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 Generation Z uh, search uh, search hits are coming up more than ours, so. Oh, oh, dude, yeah. you know what I just, in the past month or so, the girlfriend and I just realized, do you realize how long it's been since, like, Chuck Norris memes were a thing? Yes. Like, was, we were thinking oh back God. to, like, the early stages of, like, YouTube and, like, 2007, 2008, 2009. It was World of Warcraft like, how... for me. Like, Holy a certain crap. region that you would go to, it was the Barrens. Uh, it was, mm-hmm. like, the biggest meme fucking 
section, at least for the Horde. I don't know what it was for Alliance, because back then, back in my day, you couldn't be, uh, that you couldn't switch factions on a server, uh, at least PvP server. But anyway, yeah, so the Baron's chat was literally just Chuck Norris jokes constantly. <laughs> Like, it was incredible. Yeah, so that's around 2006, 07. God. And that's how it was, and that's how we liked it. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Kids these days would never understand. 15 years ago, uh, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> God, I was. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 15 uh, years. Let me do some quick math. Uh, okay. YouTube that was, is almost... Tw- YouTube's 17 years old, man. Yeah. Power thirst. Fuck. Oh, my God. Man, like, I was, I'm old enough. I was... Like, dude, I'm old enough to remember, like, my Twitch account was made when the site was still Justin TV. What? That is how old my wow. fucking Twitch account is. I didn't even... Yeah, I didn't even know it was anything but, but, but before Twitch. Yeah, it started off as Justin TV, and it was similar to what it is now, but it wasn't specifically video games. Um, Mm -hmm. And so people like uh, me, who are massive wrestling nerds, that used to be a good hub for illegal wrestling Mm -hmm. pay-per-view streaming. Uh, So you're (laughs) saying that the gamers actually co-opted the e-girls site. And not the other way yes. around. <laughs> yes. Oh my 100%. god. It's a coup. It's a coup. <laughs> They're running a coup. Taking it back. That's the real gamer gate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's be I did not expect a gamer gate reference to be on this podcast. But then again, I don't expect anything to happen on this podcast. You know what? I'm a oh. mysterious fucking guy. And <laughs> that's why you guys have me. Sit, Sin brings it when he knows he's only going to be here once a week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't phone it on. in. I don't phone it in, people. You hear this is authentic greatness that you're witnessing. Oh, or God, so Endo Mills, what type of dinosaur are you? <laughs> I'd be a Stegosaurus. That's, that was my answer. Fuck yes. you, you stole it. <laughs> was it because of the... the first, my first thought was, like, you're talking about old internet stuff, was as stuff movie. It was all random stuff like that, like Tom Scott way back in the day. And it was just random yeah. humor. And one of this just like, just takes this step. It's like, I am a Stegosaurus. It's like, it's such days. random humor. I love it. Oh, Maybe I'd be a pterodactyl instead. I'm a pterodactyl. Good old Petrie. God. I would have said I would have said Stegosaurus too, just because it's like leave me the fuck alone. But I, I got I got a barbed tail. I'll club you to death. Yeah. Shut the fuck up and leave me alone. Let me eat if, these leaves. If you want the if you want the leave me alone, you got to go Ankylosaurus if you want that slight variety. That's the one with the actual club tail and like the fucking that's true. turtle that's shell, true. like a snapping. Dude, I used to be such a dinosaur nerd when I was a kid. I had one, and of those then all the information came out about like. Like, this one didn't exist, this one didn't exist, this one had feathers, this one didn't exist, um, I don't even know anymore. They like, all, all that information just, Now like, they have, like, scales, and, like, what is going on? Oh, they all had feathers, sir. What if and they then they're like, oh, they weren't, like, God. fighters, they were, like, lovers, and they would coo, and I'm like, what the fuck? Don't you retcon my, 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 my Jurassic Park. You are not retconning Jurassic well, I mean, Park. Leave the name alone. itself is, it is, is scientifically inaccurate. Because, like, Dinosaur essentially means like great lizard or something like that, or or tyrannosaur. Mm -hmm. Like they're not fucking lizards. Like they're Mm. they're they they weren't even. I don't even think considered reptiles. 
<sighs> just chickens so walking around. I'll go Alan Grant in my you. day. I'm gonna go in ahead. the 90s. Dinosaurs were lizards, and it was better that way. <laughs> Until Alan motherfucking Grant. Well, I, that was the thing. I, everyone thought Alan Grant was crazy when he was like, "Oh, I'm just saying they could. You know, maybe it's maybe they would. They they, they could have been birds actually." And motherfucker was kind of right. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, we don't fucking know what dinosaur would I be. I don't know because they weren't even dinosaurs. What we do know is that the Earth is not seven thousand years old, and it is not flat. It's six thousand. <laughs> <laughs> John Ham is punching the air right now. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, God. Money Man, thank you very much for the question. Yeah, that went, uh, that went everywhere. <laughs> it really did. Every, every They're part everywhere. of the internet. Uh, our next... <laughs> Sorry. I just saw a commercial for the Halo show. And I, and, and They're the everywhere. Crunch. Have you oh, watched it? Is that No, out? it's on Paramount Plus. It? I'm not buying like six different streaming services, although I... That's fair. I did. It's Paramount Plus. Non-plug, though? It's it's incredible. If you're a nerd like me who likes to go back and watch all the old cartoons that were on TV, because dude, they got everything. Yeah. What about like, Bar man, I, John Taffer? I've been I uh, number one. Okay, for the more I'm I'm older shows. Number one, Bar Rescue's still great. I still watch Survivor and The Amazing Race because fuck you. Mm. Um, and at the same time, like dude, getting to just sit there, I'm like, I'm gonna watch Cat Dog. I'm going to watch Rocco's Modern Life. Rocket Power. It's all on Rocket there. Rocket Power is the only one I'd fuck with, to be honest. I was never... My sister was, a, up was the TV watcher, and she would just... You know, older than me, so whatever the fuck she was going to watch. For me, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go play video games. <laughs> that was that was my sanctuary. But yeah, no, it's it's non, non-sponsored plug there, but uh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Uh our next question, unless I feel like I cut you guys off on no, something. I don't not. even remember. It was no, Paramount Plus. Oh, it was Halo. So you haven't seen it. I've heard I don't mixed know. It results, says it's but streaming it's Halo. Now. So I don't know. If it's, if it, what, what I'm going to wait for, if it's going to be like they release season by season, like I'll wait till it's all out to then check it, or maybe just, I don't know. I don't like, I don't yeah. like what they did with Mandalorian. Everyone's like, oh my God, yeah, Mandalorian. I'm going to watch it every week. I'm like, what the f- it's just TV at that point, motherfucker. Like, I'm a binge watcher. I wait for the whole season to be yeah. out and I plow through that shit. That's why I like Netflix Dude, and, and, and The Last Kingdom. I just finished that show when season five came yeah. out. Fuck, it's so... Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's definitely something in the last five plus years yeah. or so I've noticed is like it's very tough for me to follow a show on a week-by-week basis. Yeah. I have turned very much into a binge watcher, binge the hell out of it, and then just like, okay, I can't... Uh, no, I need a yeah. break from this for a yeah. while. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I... I don't know if there's ever been a video game TV show or movie that has actually like caught my attention. There were some really good Halo shorts, um, like short. Oh yeah, Ford on the Dawn was really good. Yes, Ford on. I think was that the live action one. Yes. With like, uh, yeah, yeah, they had that was really cool. It was like kind of like mm-hmm. the life of the Marines, and then like their station got attacked, and Spartans had to fuck save them. I, at least that's the one I'm thinking. But maybe that's that, that's forward <laughs> on the dawn, yeah. Okay, yeah, they're, 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 they they were good. Like I like all right, they're not fucking incredible, but I'm a Halo nerd. I've been that was how I literally got into Xbox was because of that game, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was it's yeah. great for what it is. I mean, that was the that was the killer app of its time for sure. But I'm sitting here trying to think of like oh, video game movies that I've seen and that I'm like, oh, I still need to see it. Like I, yeah. I don't know, man. Like apparently Sonic was good, but I'm like, oh, it was really good. I, 
I think the issue is, like, I grew up, and I know Sin did too, and Endo's a, a smidge younger than we are, but, like, dude, like, we grew up in what were the video game movies? Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Tekken. And shit like that, which which oh are God. amazing, they had a but they're amazing movie. because they're shit. Yeah, the Tekken yeah. movie was garbage. The Street Fighter movie was terrible. Holy shit. Like, did you see fucking Blood Rain? No. In, like, 2005? <laughs> What well, number one, Uwe Boll directed it, which uh, tells you all you need to know. But yeah, dude, just, just you said Uwe Boll, like, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, and he wanted in like he did another movie. He like he did Payday, and he's like, if anyone does not want like the movie, I will fight you in the ring. And then, like all these journalists came out, and the the guy who made like um, I think it was not Giant Bomb, but like one of the other like. When the other like no something awful he made the guy who made something awful like fought him in like a boxing match and all that it was like it's like crazy it was nuts. What even is this podcast anymore? Two yeah. thousand <laughs> was a wild time. Warcraft. You movie know what was ruined good, it? Even though so many people didn't like it, I fucking mm-hmm. which one? The Warcraft movie. It was honestly yeah, was really good. It was a marvel of mixing, in my opinion, CG with live action, and because I'm a huge nerd. Not a, not a, not a huge enough stickler to be like, oh my god, not every detail is like the game. Like, who the fuck cares, man? You know how much shit has been retconned in the Warcraft universe? Like, over, like, mm. who cares? I just like, I'm sad because I'm not. They're probably not making any more. But at this point, I'm like, all right, rehash it, make a series. Look how look how popular series are doing. I'm like, just give me a series on the first three Warcraft games, and I'll be happy. I think my issue with video game movies, it started with Doom. <laughs> In 2005 with The Rock. <laughs> you poor guy, man. you just seen all the shit ones. I haven't seen any of those. Uh, there was Mark Wahlberg as Max Payne. I I did that. Not. hadn't I even played yeah, Max I, Payne. I'm glad so I avoided that. that. I'm glad I um, that. And then what was it? Oh, it was Need for Speed with Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What, this is when they released The Run. And like The Run oh. and that were like very similar in the same storyline and everything like that. Yeah. God. That was a good game. Aaron Paul Walker. I think... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, you can find, I believe, Max Payne 3 on Game Pass. Great game. Go play it. Okay, it's a good time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. This has been... <laughs> This is I just remember ass. Aaron Paul from like being the one guy like when the Xbox One came out. They're like, "Oh, it connect," and like he turn on everyone's fucking Xbox. Like I'd have my Xbox One on, and be like, "Xbox, turn on," and the fucking shit would turn on. I'm like, "Shut the fuck up, Aaron Paul." <laughs> <laughs> you shut up, so- bitch. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> Mister White, he turned this guy's Xbox on. <laughs> Is he Hispanic? Yeah. Hey, hey, hermano! <laughs> Turn the Xbox on. <laughs> you want to do business with Tuco? <laughs> God, I need to rewatch that show again. Gatorade, oh, so me, bitch! <laughs> and then his girlfriend overdosed. Spoilers! Spoilers! Uh, <laughs> Our second s- question of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's move on quick. <laughs> Our second question comes from Mr. T Larder97. 
And we're going to kind of combine this in the Bruins, Leafs, and Lightning talk. Uh, he asked, with Boston moving into the top three, uh, who would you rather play in the playoffs, Toronto or Tampa? And shockingly, right now, as of the time of recording, it is March 25th, 2022, the Atlantic Division is Florida, Toronto, and Boston. Tampa's in the top wildcard spot. Washington, of course, locked in. We're not locked into that second wildcard spot, but they are currently there. We know these eight teams are going to be the eight playoff teams. So the question of who would I rather see the Bruins play? Let's let's talk about that and wrap that up into a bow at the end. I want to first talk about the Leafs. Because Kyle Dubas was, uh, well, if we're going to mention old memes, his jimmies were quite rustled this week. <laughs> they were. I have a meme they for They were. A meme for everything. <laughs> you can see behind me. This is the reason why you watch the video portion of the this podcast. This is the video. Just, let, just let it speak for itself. Let it speak for itself. We'll move on. That's only You don't get to explain it to people nope, who are audio only. It. That's for the video people. That's for the video people. Uh, so Kyle Dubas was uh, number one. He called out Kyle Davidson of the Chicago hockey team for the negotiations with Marc-Andre Fleury and the trade talks Just getting out there. sitting there with a fucking full diaper. Pretty much. <laughs> full Lou Lamorello. Oh, the word got out. Sorry. Uh, but he also mentioned that he was disappointed, as Endo referenced, I think it was on, he certainly referenced it before, them losing Hari Sateri, as is, you know, being referenced. Funny as shit. Uh, quote, we've had 11 <laughs> guys claimed, which I think is double what other teams have had taking off of waivers. Now, on one hand, on one hand, you can say, well, that's because you're trying to send down good players, which is true. Like, you're trying to send down players that teams would actually want. On the flip side, uh, Elliot Friedman mentioned on the 32 Thoughts podcast, I heard there were four or five claims for Satari. Jeff Merrick adds that when he checked with teams in the waiver period, they would say, we're not going to claim him, but we hope somebody else does. <laughs> I believe it was oh on the Steve God. Dangle podcast that it was mentioned that Steve himself has specifically heard that yes, people in fact do claim people off of Toronto just to fuck with the Leafs. That's great. Oh That's fantastic. <laughs> they would probably do that with a lot more teams too. If a lot more teams, I feel like Toronto really has a high volume of trying to send people through waivers. Yeah. So a big reason because of that is because we have such a big depth pool that has been yeah. down there for so it's long. It's almost like you don't need that, your draft picks. All, mm. Basically, it's gotten <laughs> to the point. No wonder why we trade away our first fucking overall or first round pick so often. Did you? They yeah, don't fucking need it. Nope. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think they did. Yeah, they kept it this yeah. year. Like, ooh, the big, big shocker. Like, congrats. We kept it for once. Um, Like, our, our best prospects have been either from other teams or have been like late round picks. Like it's it's such it's so weird to have a team that's like kind of the opposite of like usually oh keep your picks and everything like no we don't even need it like fine keep your secrets. Like, to be fair, I w- I do understand where Dubas is coming from. It's probably frustrating, but also that's where you are. You're in if you if all you if all the fans and all everyone there wants to hype up, we're the biggest market, we're the coolest fucking market. There's all the spotlight on you. You hype up the overhype the players, you say all this stuff about the players and then they get set down and everyone's like, "Well, fuck yeah, I'll take a chance on them." Or they're just they're annoyed with you. Or they're like, "I don't want this team to get good because they're going to be good for a long long time. Let's continue to try to make them not as big of a threat." Like I understand both sides of it. It's just funny as hell to me to to 
when when the victim mentality shit comes out. I never that's that's the sign of a weak fucking business mind. That's a sign of a weak mind, period, is when you break out the victim mentality in a, a dog eat dog fucking world. And that's what this is at the end of the day. It's a business where you're trying to beat other teams. And Kyle Dubas made a huge, huge mistake, which Leaf fans are gonna eat up and you know, it'll just feed their mentality. I'm seeing a lot of weird talk about every time like a bad hit happens like Leafs are like oh my god Matthews is gonna get suspended like they're memeing a man who like got suspended like once in his career anyway it's a lot of victim mentality at the end it's, it's what I'm seeing basically and I'm like it's not really warranted and in a situation where it might be like this there's a ver- very valid reason for it when you hype up all these players and have all the spotlight on you constantly like yeah there's gonna be more eyes more p- people are gonna take chances on these players at the same time, there was one man who was not claimed when he was put through waivers. Goaltender Peter Morazic. Yeah! Who did get called back up. Yeah! And was the victorious goaltender as the Leafs beat the Devils on Wednesday. Just gonna keep I was at that game! Down, hoping someone takes him. <laughs> Endo Mills was at that game. Yeah, I got those tickets as a joke originally. Um, So, uh, fa- a friend so of... Expensive uh, so- joke. Nick at Leafer. Oh, I got them for free. Um, at Leafer oh. on Twitter said, Oh, I don't want to go to this game because Morazzi <laughs> just got announced as a starter. I'm like, I bet. Send me those tickets. He's like, No, I'm still going to go. Then, like, I think I was live at the time on Twitch, twitch.tv slash endomails, where I'm at every week, apparently, now, every day. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Sorry. I get a text on my phone from someone saying, uh, my, my hockey team saying, Hey, I can't go tonight to the game. Who wants to go? And both Polina and I are the closest people to the arena. So I'm like, if you can't get anyone else to go and you still can't find anybody like 20 minutes to just give them to me and I'll go. They gave them to me and I went great game. Uh, got to meet Leifer. Uh, nice guy. Very, very sweet. Very, very sweet. Kind individual. Uh, game was, was great. It was very boring hockey. Nothing really too like fantastical to talk about. But it, it's, I think that's how the Leafs have to play. This is the first game that you saw Giordano and Blackwell. Blackwell was throwing the body like crazy. It was it was ridiculous. Um, but Mrazek played really, really well. Both of the goals that went in weren't really his fault. One of them was a redirection. The other one was just couldn't get there. That He, he looked very composed. And it, I think it was good for a, a guy like him to get there uh, uh, against the a sh- kind of struggling-ish uh, Devils team. Nico Dawes in the other side and that looked really good as well. Yeah, super young goaltender there too for the Devils. Mm-hmm. I think Blackwood and Bernier are both out. It's been a rough season for them. That's yeah, why they went I mean, and got Bernier is a walking uh, IR, essentially. Hmm. Yeah. So, talking about the Leafs then, you know, mid middling results this month, not in the best run of form, still have goaltending concerns, so would I prefer them to play the Bruins in the playoffs over the likes of Tampa or having to play Carolina? Yes. Yes, I would. And obviously there's that history there, which you could argue is a little bit more of a motivator for the Leafs. Uh, but in terms of the teams that the Bruins could realistically play, Carolina scares the ever-loving hell out of me based off of what's happened this year. Toronto, not so much. But then there's Tampa. Now, Tampa has been struggling a little bit. Uh, They have not beaten a playoff-bound team since February 26th. They are 0-7 in that time, having lost to 
Nashville, or I, uh, they beat Nashville, and that was the last time, I think. But the teams uh, they've beaten since are Detroit, Chicago, Ottawa, Vancouver, and Seattle. So they haven't been in the best run of form. But at the end of the day, man, you're talking about Tampa. Yep. I, I'm sorry, but they still scare the hell out of me, too. Yeah. You know, like, sure, the Bruins just beat them, and they did it without Patrice Bergeron. But it, it's not... I had to throw that in. I'm sorry. No, no I'm, uh, I'm And I know sorry. what's going on there, too. I'm laughing at fucking Endo's background. He popped yeah. up. <laughs> so distracting, man. What are you doing? I'm trying to listen to Doogie's points here. It's okay. It's we got to make it entertaining on the, on, on the visuals aspect as well, okay? We got to add some flair. We're trying to come a new formula. Yes. We got to do something here. It's beautiful. Um... Yeah, at the end of the day, it's pretty much how I sum it up. The Lightning still, though, like, okay, they've been struggling recently. It's the Lightning. I can't not say that they won't turn it on. Yeah, they're still the defending Stanley Cup champs who have gone back-to-back. They're still, I don't I don't mm-hmm. care what anyone wants to throw in those asterisks or try to for the COVID Cup and Bubble Cup. Well, shut up. Like, they are a fucking good team. I agree. Like, <laughs> I agree. And then there's the Bruins, who uh, have had an interesting week. Obviously, they started it off with the Lindholm pickup. Monday night, they beat Montreal in overtime. Brad Marchand just destroying Jake Allen. As I said on Twitter, sent his jock halfway to Laval. Um, and speaking of Brad Marchand, he also got his own cereal this week. March Munch. fuck? Why? Like, only... I don't know. It doesn't... Like, why? I don't... <laughs> I, I, I want to know how that deal came together where it's like, yeah, we're going to make you your own version of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's ridiculous. Uh, and then at the same time, last night, the Bruins, uh, you know, again, played the Lightning. David Posternock with the hat trick scored all three of the Bruins' goals. He has been insane over the last month and a half to two months. I don't, I don't know. Like, he was off to such a slow start. And again, I wasn't. And I said on the show, and I, I wasn't someone that was going to really sit there and you know send any vitriol his way. Like I think it's pretty well documented. He had uh, a very uh, rough time this past summer with some stuff in his personal life, and it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, well, hopefully he can figure it out. Holy crap, has he figured it out. Yeah, uh, He became the first player in NHL history, NHL history, to have a hat trick uh, account for all of his team's goals in a victory twice in the same season. Crazy. Damn. Wow. Like, that's one of those stats where it's like, how has that not happened at least once before? With You think about that. I mean, granted, you, you could sit there and talk about, like, well, these stacked teams, what are the odds that, oh, you'd only score three goals in a game and all three goals by the same player and have that happen twice in the season. But still, it's, it's a crazy stat. Yeah. Um, Posternock already has tied uh, the chief, Johnny Busick, for third uh, most regular season hat tricks in Bruins history. He's 25, and he's already tied someone like John Busick. And you think about the Bruins history. Now, he and Busick both have 12. Cam Neely had 14. And then there's Phil Esposito, who has 26. Yeah, I don't think he's catching that. (laughs) I don't think anybody's ever catching that. Uh, It is understated, like... And I think it's probably because he went on to play for the Rangers. And shout out to Johnny Busick. He turned 80 years old in February, which is, or not Johnny Busick, Phil Esposito turned 80 years old in February. But uh, it's one of those things where I think it's understated just how fucking good Phil Esposito was for the Bruins. Um, 
and you know, obviously because Bobby Orr was a part of those teams. But uh, really quickly, in Phil Esposito's time with the Bruins, 84-point season, 126 points, 99, 152, 133, 130, 145, 127, and then 16 points in 12 games the year he got traded to the Rangers in the middle of the season. That's insane. Literally one of the best players of all time. <laughs> yeah, who I don't, who I don't feel like gets uh, no gets enough credit. But thankfully, I mean, well, he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1984. I always have God. to kind of remember who he was and where he played, and that's I can't say that about all those other greats. You know where Bobby Orr was. You know where Gretzky was. All all his teams. Right. If you like, you know, you know, <clears throat> Lemieux. And like all these other two, yeah, it's it's kind of nuts. Philip Esposito definitely flies under the radar when it comes to the the tops, like and the greats yeah. of all time. Yeah, for sure. So uh, insane for uh, for David Pasternak, and obviously, I, I should note as well, like the Bruins have been in a pretty good run of form this month. And I mentioned out of the deadline, my biggest concern, and oh, I fucking hate you, <laughs> my biggest concern in regards to the Boston Bruins, this is really a visual podcast, everybody, as of this moment, um, was Eric Halla as the second line center. That is well documented. That was my biggest concern. Why are you going out and getting a defenseman when you could say that's your biggest need? Because you haven't exactly replaced David Krejci. First and foremost, Hampus Lindholm did look pretty damn good last night. He's good. He did. Right. Like, my concern wasn't like, oh, he's shit. Like, that was never the opinion. It wasn't the biggest biggest need of your team. And uh, you can even argue that, why did you need that defenseman? Like, at all. Right. At the same time, some people have the argument of, well, defense wins championships, and it's a good addition. Like, my concern was... Is he still capable of being, you know, a number one level defenseman for now eight years? That was my concern. Played a really good first game. We'll see how he continues to do over the course of the next eight years. At the same time, there was Eric Halla, who, you know, has spent time in the middle six, hasn't been overly impressive at some times. We talked about him a lot in the last episode, has had noted injury troubles. Eric Halla uh, has been impressive lately, though. I'll give him that. And last night, for sure, like the winning goal, uh, he stripped somebody of the puck right at the top of the blue line and led to the winning goal for David Pasternak. It was an insane play on his part. And if we continue to see that level of play for Eric Halla, I'm not as concerned. So fingers crossed. He has uh, five assists in his last five games, eight points in his last ten if he can continue that pace, I'll be pretty happy. It's it's a big question mark, though, you know? He's kind of got some I, inconsistencies. He was yeah. pretty, like, sometimes he was great in Vegas, but then you remember he got shipped off to Vegas, and <laughs> he was one of the ones that wasn't told by the team. He found out about it to another. So I think he went to Winnipeg first, did absolutely nothing, and then he was in Buffalo, I want to say. And didn't do you well. are zero for two? What? Sir. <laughs> hold on, who the fuck am I? Oh, I'm thinking of Eakin. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. How how how, how, how will I leave? And, and whatever. He's been inconsistent. He was. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. just say that. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. So he went to went to Carolina, oh, Florida, Nashville last year. He had to your point. And it's it's easy to it's easy to confuse. Actually, it's not easy to confuse the two of them. One of them's Finnish, and the other one has a fucking bright red mullet. 
but <laughs> you know what? At the end of the day, uh, I, I'm hopeful for Eric Halla and that he'll continue to play well. I'm confident Hampus Lindholm will play well as well. It doesn't take away my concerns over the fact that uh, they ended up signing somebody for eight goddamn years who's not a number one defenseman. March Munch, everybody. Sorry. Oh my God, dude. He's having the time of his life today. Uh, Yeah. So, Bruins and Leafs, I would prefer at this point. I'm still fairly confident heading, you know, I'm a little bit more confident heading into the playoffs if this is the level the Bruins can play at. Yeah. If we're going to see this version of Hampus Lindholmer better, I'm confident. If we can see Eric Halla play like this in the playoffs, I'm a little bit more confident than they lose in five. But there's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of ifs still. That's that's what it is. Um, at the same time, shout out to Jeremy Swayman, who got a tripping penalty in that Lightning game. Uh, Anthony Sorelli tripped over his blocker while his blocker was in the crease, it, this is, and Swayman got a tripping penalty. There needs to be accountability for, for, for bad calls. It's fucking ridiculous. It, oh, it, it gets worse Dude, today, every single year. Today is the one-year anniversary of Tim Peel getting caught on microphone. For like, oh, I'm going to even up the calls. Looking for whatever the fuck the quote was. Uh, And yeah, hey, nothing's changed. They threw him under the bus. If anyone was going to get thrown under the bus, it should have been him. Uh, But yeah, at the end of the day, nothing's changed and nothing will. And stop asking questions. We we don't have to answer any questions about our culture of our league. Yeah, pretty much. Rocky Wirt's going to be the new commissioner. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to fire Gary Bettman, throw him under the bus, and then fucking Rocky Wirt's is going to be like, like I don't, I I hate you for putting that thought into I'm my brain. The funny thing is, like th- that's more likely for it to happen than just like him league. just being let go entirely. Uh, what's his name, Batman? Oh God! Our third question of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this uh, this is incredible. This comes from AJ. Uh, nope, no, it doesn't. Out of order. MJP? Yeah, no, this one comes from AJ. It's about the New York Rangers. Oh. Uh, (laughs) I was going to do the uh, MJP question. MJP, you're coming up. Don't worry. This one comes from AJ. Uh, It's about the New York Rangers. Has Igor Shesterkin lost the Hart Trophy with his struggles lately? Um, This comes from Sportsnet Stats. Shesterkin has a 4.03 goals against average and an 8.78 save percentage over his last five starts. Uh, He still has a 9.36 save percentage on the season. So my answer to that is no. Although, it does go to show just how unlikely a goalie is to get the Hart Trophy, because if you have a couple of bad games, your numbers look that much worse. So it really is heavily weighted against a goaltender doing it. Uh, Given that the New York Rangers are going to make the playoffs, I don't look at another team that's likely to make the playoffs aside from you. Put it this way. To me, Hart Trophy, most valuable player to their team, right? It's UC Saros or Igor Shesterkin. Period. Hard to argue yeah. with. Hard to fucking argue with. I know Leafs fans are now crooning for Matthews because Shesterkin has had a few bad games. Um, honestly, like the, I, I, the Rangers aren't bad, but they are so not a deep playoff team. They're 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 there. They're getting there. They're a bubble team, but Igor Shesterkin made them competitive, just like Lundqvist did for years and years and years on end. Igor Shesterkin mm-hmm. is a guy who can legit drag that team kicking and screaming into the second, third round. 100%. Like, he's that fucking good. 
And yeah, he's had some rough games. If he doesn't right the ship, then yeah, he loses the heart. But this is this is normal stuff for goaltenders. Like they go through this. It'll be good to see yeah. him. T- he's still pretty young. How's how's he going to bounce mm-hmm. back from this? Does he go full Carter Hart and not bounce back, or bounce back a year later? Um, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it is what five six bad games at this point. Didn't Matthews in the not of the season, sco- like, like had a, such a didn't he have a slow ass start to the beginning of this year? Matthews had a slow Can, start. Mitch Marner had a slow middle. Yeah, yeah. like everyone so it's like oh because it's happening like, down the stretch to Shirk, and now we're going to talk about he doesn't deserve the heart, even though Matthews was absolute ass in the beginning of the season. And the team was still winning. That's yeah. That's when you talk about consistency uh, in the sport. And do you give the heart to someone who's been streaky or who can pick it up after the fact, or someone who's been doing it the whole entire way through the entire season? Because you're gonna give I the mean, heart, then I'd probably go like, oh, someone like Juicy Staros, who's literally carrying that franchise right now on his back. Consistently, dude, Roman Yossi has out. 25 points in 11 games. I mean, hey, but carrying listen, kind of, but he's also. got the Norris. That's, yeah, he's got, got the Norris. Norris though. But who who yeah. who who's who's the Yossi of the Rangers? Chris Kreider uh, for, for scoring Fox? a shit ton of goals, maybe? Well, no, I mean just in general. Who's Fox. the game changer in New York? Like obviously Roman Yossi is like a massive, massive game changer in Nashville. Like, I mean, obviously, like you have your Criders, your Zabanan yeah. Jads, your Panarins. But, but if any of I mean, Kreider has been the most impressive of the bunch, in my opinion, just because mm-hmm. it's like, what the hell? This guy's going to score 40 goals. Yeah. So, like, my point being is that you could you can make an argument for how valuable Yossi is to to the Nashville Predators. I can't really make a val- uh like maybe you can maybe even say comparable to Saros in some ways, being that he's a defenseman who puts up a shit ton of points and he's good on the defensive side of the puck. Very underrated. Um who on the Rangers could could kind of match Shesterkin's contributions to the team? That's my point. Like, I think I think you're I think you're on point. I think Saros is a great goaltender and kicking some ass and doing a big part for this team. But to me, the impact that Shesterkin's having with the Rangers is just slightly bigger because I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't know. No, I, I don't disagree with the logic. And obviously, like you have to have this debate in terms of how the rule is written. Yeah. Like the Ted Lindsay Award goes to the MVP. That is yeah. the MVP award. Let's be honest. Like, and then you get into the conversation: who's the best player in the league? Let's be honest. It should be Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews did actually have my vote this year. I think he has been the best all-around player in the NHL this year. So at the same time, you could sit there and say who's the most valuable to their team. But I view that. I mean, sure, you could sit there and say where would the Leafs be without Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid? Where would the Oilers be without him? But at the same time. I do not think, I think it comes down to would the Nashville Predators be in the playoffs without a Saros or Yossi? No. Yeah. The Rangers, though, to Sin's point, they at least would still have one or the other. The Rangers without Shesterkin, they do have a good core, but let's be honest, the supporting cast for that core is pretty damn weak. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got better with picking up Cop and Vetrano, uh, but at the end of the day, I, I'd have to I'd have to give to Igor Shesterkin right now. Still, I, I don't think he's in any danger of losing the Hart Trophy. It's, I mean, you could argue though too if you wanted. Like, oh, he should win the Vesna, and the Hart should go to somebody else. So, who knows? They there needs to be, and we've talked about this a ton. They need to reword a lot of awards. Yes. Potentially even add awards. Yes, it, it's um, very gray area. Well, just like the rule book. Yeah, it's just yeah. the typical NHL stuff. Who's, who's to say works. the NHL isn't consistent? They're consistent. They're garbage, but they're Ooh. consistent and they're garbage. Consistently garbage. Ooh. Consistently inconsistent. There you go. Um, Mendo, unless you had anything to add. I don't know. You're, you're cringing. 
I just looked at the comparisons between the goaltending situation with Nashville and with um, uh, what's it called? Uh, and with uh, New York Rangers, the yeah, Rangers, and Jesus Christ, uh, backup goaltender for Nashville was David Riddick. He's only played eleven games. Georgiev mm-hmm. has played twenty six. Oh, twenty six. All right. Wow. Yeah, maybe, maybe that changes the combo just a little bit. Yeah, UC <laughs> Soros has played 54 games with a 2.55 goals against average and a 9.21 save percentage. Meanwhile, drum roll, please, uh, Shesterkin. I worry. Soros is literally going to just fall apart. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to fall. Like, apart can't play playoffs. a goalie that much. No, this yeah. isn't. This isn't and the 90s. Yeah, and uh, Shesterkin has a 42 games played, 2.14 goals against average, 9.36 a percentage. So it's they're still very impressive. close together. Ah. That's still really impressive. But the, for the amount of work that's going on with Soros, he's going to drop off a cliff. I love I love him, my short king. Uh, but, like... I don't know, man. That's a pretty big stat yeah. differential. Like a, a, a point one four of save percentage and like a point four. Plus in goals against, I know goals against more of a team stat, but it's still impressive. Uh, that, yeah, I don't know. Shesterkin's yeah. winning something. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, that's a good way to wrap it up. Uh, our final question comes from MJP1502. Are the Vegas Golden Knights going to make the playoffs? Absolutely fucking not. So, obviously, Vegas has had an interesting week as it stands in the standings. The Golden Knights are on the outs, looking in as they are one point behind Dallas for that last wildcard spot, with the Stars having four games at hand. And the Sharks threw the game to the Oilers last night to make sure they stayed three points behind them. (laughs) Beautiful. Uh, Obviously, for Vegas... The most interesting thing that happened, which seemed to be almost an impossible situation uh, before this week, Evgeny Dadnoff, Dadonoff, the trade officially canceled. He will not be a duck. He will stay with the Golden Knights, as evidenced by the fact that he scored for the Golden Knights last night. Which, which is hilarious. Even after, even after the social media manager's tweet of "We welcome Dodonov back to the team." Yeah, like oh, which, uh, I guess like I, the, the wording of that was so terrible. Like, yeah, I guess we'll accept the league's ruling and welcome back. <laughs> the vibe of it was just uh, when that so, when that account is not posting cringe, it's it's still cringe. It, it's weird. Yeah, God, they, they, is, the funny thing that, is they toned they toned it down. They did tone it down from when they first started. You remember how ridiculous that account was in season one? Yeah, that was like they were trying to mark themselves. At least it was semi-funny. It just got real, real cringe after they fired that first guy. The Seattle one is getting questionable. It's like, get your crystals out. We need a goal. And they threw their fucking crystals out. It's It's Seattle, bro. You ever been there? No, I don't want to go. Yeah, you do. It's actually a beautiful place. I've never actually been there once. Yeah, go see the Rain City Bitch Pigeons live in the fucking Eco Center Arena. Love to see it. Actually, you know what? I actually might want to go. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? I I almost went. The Bruins played there on February 24th on my birthday. And uh, had I not gotten a house in the last year, it would have been easier to afford it. So I would have gone. Um, 
Obviously, with the Donop, the big thing, though, is just, I mean, number one, the reason for the trade being canceled, of course, is that he had a no-trade clause. That the Golden Knights, I guess, weren't as informed about. And then you talk about the reasoning, like, as to whether or not, like, there's some people saying, well, it's more on the Sens, or is it more on them? And it's just, it all comes back to how the hell does this happen in the era of Cap Friendly? That's what it comes down to. I mean, we as fans, and we've known this because, of course, a decade ago we had um, we had Cap Geek, which was incredible. And for anybody who uh, didn't get to experience Cap Geek, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal site. Um, And again, uh, I don't know if we would have ever had what came afterwards. Um, We certainly wouldn't. I don't think I've had what came afterwards uh, had it not been. Uh, for Matthew, I believe it was Woost West, um, interesting last name, W uh, W U E S T, uh, who unfortunately uh, passed away a number of years ago. Uh, but he started all this, and it led to the likes of uh, General Fanager, which General Fanager was around for about a year before the person behind General Fanager went to work in an NHL front office. The Vegas Golden Knights hired him. <laughs> and then Cap Friendly took over. And still somehow, this happens. I don't I don't understand how there could have been an oversight like this. As to whether or not, like, oh, well, did he or did he not file it in time? And, uh, you know, Danny Webster talked about it on Tuesday. The idea of, like, okay, well, maybe complications with the fact that the league was trying to get the schedule back on track after having it disrupted over the last two years. Bottom line is, it's one of the strangest, most improbable things I think I've ever seen. The fact that it, to me, that it happened to Vegas, the team that has now this pretty stark reputation of not being good to their people and just trading them willy-nilly, and, like, they've developed that, and the fact that it happened to them just... It's, I guess it's not that's, funny, but it, it's very much on brand at this point. And that's why for me, it's like, it makes sense. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to put the blame on other people. Like, you got to know your shit. Like, you can't keep treating these as just, yes, it's a business, but there's still humans involved. A business isn't, it's is where never they lose business. Yeah. It's where they lose the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. It's a good way to say it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's just a mess. I was I had something something on the lines of um, God. I just I just had it in my head and I forgot it. I, when I come back to it, I'll I'll, I'll just blurt it out randomly. Are these number these next numbers are are they correct? Oh, is that you know what it is? Yes. Yeah, you know oh. what it is. This is the equivalency of not. Sh- uh, go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, no, 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 no. You you go first. No, and no, make your point yeah. real quick. This is the equivalency of not showing your work in school. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, this is like, hey, did you do the thing? How'd you get this result? I just kind of did it. All right, where are the receipts? Like, come on. Like, what's going on here? So, Cap Friendly put out this tweet. After reverting the Dodonoff trade, we now show Vegas with only $405,000 in usable space in their LTI salary pool. As a result, they would need to clear... $4.8 $4.8 million to activate Alex Martinez off of LTIR, or $9 million to activate Mark Stone. Which is why everyone's saying once this Dodonoff trade was canceled, 
oh, well, if they try to move somebody now, they're going to have to pay a hefty price. And at the same time, if they were to trade Evgeny Dodonov right now, the team he goes to cannot use him in the regular season or the playoffs for a long yeah. time. I think the rule was just regular season or just playoffs. Now it includes the regular season. So they tried to trade a guy. Obviously, he would have been able to play for the Ducks. Now he wouldn't be able to. The interesting thing, and in terms of talking about injuries, and I wanted to bring this up first and foremost, it was a really scary moment with Brett Howden last night. Thankfully, it looks like he's going to be okay. Um, at the same time, Max Pacioretty is out on IR, not LTIR. Peter DeBoer mentioned in the press conference that he has suffered a setback. Now, if he actually has, I hope he's going to be all right. But at the same time, boy, wouldn't it benefit the Vegas Golden Knights if $7 million worth of Max Pacioretty went on LTIR until the end of the season? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, the uh, Stone went back on LTIR to get an Eichel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they basically traded out Stone for Eichel in terms of LTIR. It's, 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 it's the good. problem. It's we'll, we'll never know for sure, but this will bite them if, if they're doing all this shit. Like, it can't not. It's already started. But, like, if they keep, again, if they keep treating the players like this, all they got going for them is no fucking tax, which should be fixed in the... Uh, uh, the, the cap uh, percentages and adjustments, but whatever, I digress. That's a completely other t- different topic. Mm-hmm. So again, they are currently outside the playoffs looking in. One point behind Dallas. Dallas has four games at hand. The Vegas Golden Knights, since Jack Eichel's first game, have won six games. The Sabres in that same amount of time have won seven games. Vegas... I mean, you talk about losing Max Pacioretty. You talk about potentially having to put Robin Leonard on IR. This is their depth chart as of three hours ago on Cap Friendly. Uh, Dodonoff, Eichel, and Nick Waugh, which is pretty damn solid. Like, I can't I can't hate at that for a top line. Marcheseau, Carlson, Kolasar. Yanmark, Stevenson, Carrier, Lasician, Howden, and Nolan Patrick. No Do you have Pat- confidence that that forward group can produce enough I forgot to get them to Nolan where they need Patrick. to be? Oh, my God, oh. Nolan Patrick. He's on the fourth line, yes. huh? who has Ooh. seven points in 25 games Ooh, this year. What a pickup. Is it second overall, Nolan Patrick, fourth liner? Yeah. Yeah. What's That's unfortunate. <laughs> Isn't he making Their like- defense oh, last night was Ben Hutton and Alex Petrangelo, mm-hmm. Shea Theodore and Dylan Coughlin, Zach Hayes and Daniil Miramanoff, because you had Nick Haig and Zach Whitecloud both out. Haig listed uh, undisclosed injury, and Whitecloud apparently in COVID protocol. Hmm. And of course, goaltenders. Logan Thompson was a nine eighteen in nine games this year, and then Laurent Brassois is the backup who has an 895 in 24 games, but he is also apparently listed on Cap Friendly as having an undisclosed injury, meaning that their backup goalie might be Yuri Patera, uh, who was a sixth overall, or sixth round pick, excuse me, in 2017, who has a 901 save percentage in 15 AHL games this year. Do they have the depth? to get to the playoffs. Like, we joked about this idea last year. Oh, did the Lightning have the depth to make the playoffs without Kucherov? Yes. Mm-hmm. But does Vegas have the depth to make the playoffs if you are potentially missing 
Stone, Martinez, Pacioretty, Leonard, Riley Smith, Braden McNett. I am really starting to doubt as to whether or not they can actually pull this off and make it. I don't think they do. I hope they don't. I I, I, I really, I, I, I know. Uh, that's my bias speaking. But also, I want to see a team start being punished for trying to subvert the cap. Like, this was so fucking blatant after what yeah. happened like they and and they went over the top with it they they pushed it too far because that's what they feel they have to do because you know they've been trying to do that since day one they were the golden misfits and we made the stanley cup and now they they they, they need to be competitive because now they've seen their market i mean they should have as it was seen from day one it's very fly by night hence some of the expansion rules and then of course florida uh just gift wrapped some very good players but they they're gonna be screwed if they can't sort the um I don't know how they sort this. And again, this is this is even more onto their reputation of treating people poorly. If they're if they're throwing people on LTIR willy nilly when there isn't something seriously wrong with them, hey, you can't play right now because we got to try to make this cap work or we're trying to bring in someone else. Like, imagine putting Stone on LTIR and being like, ah, oh, sorry, just sit there for a while. We're gonna bring someone else in. It is technically against the rules for them to do that, and there could be yeah. an NHLPA grievance filed. So a player would have to be more along the lines of that. And I think other teams could challenge and be like, hey, make sure that's legit. Yeah. Um, at the same time here, like the West is still open. It is. Um, outside of, Especially I'd say, <laughs> yeah, so like Anaheim, San Jose, Chicago, Seattle, Arizona, guaranteed out. Winnipeg's only five points back of the Stars. Granted, the Stars have two games at hand, so theoretically, Winnipeg, Vancouver, they're still in this mix. Yeah. Which means Vegas has to not only outduel them, but you're still head-to-head with the Dallases of the world's Nashville. There's a real chance that they don't make and it. And they got it. If, if they want to not battle for the wild card, they have to pass the Oilers, who they are three points behind, I believe. I think that's their best shot, is to try to get in the third in the Pacific. Because I don't think they're the winning. Oilers... That wild card. The race. Oilers have two games at hand then on them. Too. Yes. Three points up, but two games in hand. Yep. <sighs> Again, the East is interesting because it's seeding, but the wild card in the West is very interesting because there are going to be teams that uh, miss out, and Vegas could be one of them. Final couple of things to talk about here on today's show. Uh, first and foremost, we have to shout him out as always. Joe Pavelski on the Dallas Stars on pace for 85 points this year. That would be the fifth highest scoring season from a player in the NHL's history, age 37 or older, because he's unbelievable. Yeah. And we just talked about the Dallas Stars and the position they're in. And that line of Pavelski, Hints, and my favorite, Jason Robertson, are just destroying worlds. Yeah. I miss, I miss him. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. But he might Fun. be playoff bound. Good for him. I hope he is. Absolutely. Like, th- this, is the, this is the sweetest thing. Can Joe Pavelski make the playoffs and knock out Vegas? Yeah, absolutely he can. Like, they knocked him out in game seven, and the Sharks knocked your asses out, Vegas. Dangling my dice on your forehead. Get fucked. Um. <laughs> the Minnesota Wild, uh, worth noting here, uh, Kirill Kaprizov scored his 60th career goal this week in his 116th game. Only one active player uh, took fewer games to reach the 60-goal mark to start their career, and that was Alex Ovechkin. So Kirill Kaprizov is on a ridiculous, ridiculous pace in the wild, on a good pace to potentially make the playoffs second place in that central division. 
the Calgary Flames, for as much as we've talked about them doing good things and getting better, Sean Monahan is going to be a healthy scratch tonight in Calgary for the first time in his career. Um, wow. Unfortunately, it just seems like injuries have added up. I think I think there was a wrist or a hand injury in there. Injury in there. There was a hip injury. I just feel bad for the guy because he's kind of turned into a punching bag for this team. It's like, oh, if he could just get it together. But I genuinely think, even though uh, the guy is only 27 years old, I just don't know if his body's going to be able to hold up. Obviously, I'm not a fucking doctor. I haven't seen his fucking medical records. But just from everything I'm seeing from Calgary fans, Calgary reporters, he just, I mean, literally, like... You know, he and I were born in the same damn year, and it's just the thought of like already someone's career might be on this sharp of a decline due to injury. It sucks. Yeah, it does. I mean, the man, he was supposed to be like, you know, like potentially even a 1C, maybe even was for a while, but definitely was going to be like kind of a 1B type guy, you know, solid all around game who was supposed to be like a solid center. It just sucks. And again, when it's due to injury as well, like that's just heartbreaking. Yeah. So in that um, 2013 class, uh, he is still third in scoring uh, behind Nathan McKinnon and Sasha Barkov. Uh, I believe he actually scored 100 goals first before either of them did as well. Like he was on that good of a pace. Wow. Uh, but at the same time, in that 2013 class, it's like you have his teammate now in Elias Lindholm. Uh, Bo Horvat was in that class. Seth Jones, Jake Gensel. Uh, it's it's been kind of interesting to see who's gone down as kind of the the best of the of the bunch from that group. UC Saros was in that draft class, so uh, you know he's definitely had his impact on the NHL level. And hopefully, uh, we're not kind of done seeing him make that impact because if he can, you know, if he's not healthy, but you know, how much can you do? But if he is healthy, and it's just a matter of well, he can't really find his game. If he finds his game, Calgary can go a long, long way uh, this postseason. So we'll see what happens there. And to end this show, two two trivia, two trivia sections here, boys, because why not? These are always fun. The first one you have some warning about, but this one you don't. Derek Broussard was traded to the Edmonton Oilers for deadline day. He is now one of numerous players to be traded uh, for what is now tied for second, he's been on 10 NHL teams. Is the best wow. way to put it. Now, obviously, we all know Mike Sillinger is in that number one spot. He played for a record 12 teams. Can you name any of the other players that have played for 10 NHL teams? And quite a few of them have been around in, uh, you know, pretty much all these guys I'm asking about have been around in our in our lifetimes. Uh, Galchenyuk. Shockingly, no, Damn. but he's getting close. Damn, like that has to be one of them, right? Like the man's just bounce, bounce, bounce. Shit, he's getting close. Are they? Wait, wait. Are they all? Are there? Are there any playing now? Uh, none of them are still playing in the NHL now, oh. but most of them have retired in just the last couple of years. Oof. Yarmir Yager is definitely one of them. Shockingly, no. At least not for the Sportsnet graphic. He wasn't in that wow. uh, that group of ten of ten Step teams. Step it up, for. Steve Dangle. Come on. <laughs> it's not him Shit, at all, dude. That this that this is a tough one. It, it's a really tough one. I would have been surprised if you guys had been able to just pull any of these names out of the hat, but uh, still, still worth it. So, uh, you're God. 
All right, let's. Uh, I don't know. Should I give you some hints, or should we just name off some of these guys? Give me here? A hint. It is a really I want to get one. one. I want. We need to get at least one. Okay, so this first guy, forward, played for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He played for the New York Rangers, the Minnesota Wild, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins, <laughs> Sabres, Panthers, Habs, Lightning, and Sharks. Forward. Think of a player who played for all three of our favorite teams. Fucking Oli Okunen? I don't know. Holy Okunen is one of them. No, Congratulations, yeah. you got there. Yeah. That's not okay, who I, I was that. talking about, but good shit. We had him you for like fucking Vancouver, two minutes. Did I did not say Vancouver okay, for this particular player. Nationality? He is Canadian Shade. from Thornhill, Ontario. Thornhill? Dude, man. I think it comes from Thornhill. Except for Played from 2003 to 2019. It's a real tough one. Ended his career as a Maple Leaf. Ugh. Stefan Robida. Patrick Marlowe. No. <laughs> no. I, we were I, looking. F- I don't know. Yeah. It, I told you, man. These are tough, but it's fine. Dominic Moore. When the fuck was he a shark? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't Holy even remember shit. Dominic Moore being a shark. I remember Dominic Moore. He like played like a like an hour as like a leaf or whatever the fuck it was. Yep. He did play uh, basically for an hour. I don't remember him being a shark at all. What year was it? Uh, January 11, 2008, the Maple Leafs claimed more off of waivers from the wild. Uh, his debut came against the San Jose Sharks. And then... Uh, in Tampa, so 2012, February 16, 2012, Moore was traded to the Sharks along with a seventh round pick in exchange for a second. Ugh. He played just he played just uh, he played just the first three games of the Sharks 2012 playoffs, uh, and then unfortunately, um, Jesus Christ, I didn't realize this was this serious. But he played three games for the Sharks in 2012, and then learned that his uh, wife had liver cancer and oh, went geez. to tend to her. So I did not realize that was going to be so serious. Apologies for that, but that's why you don't really remember his tenure um, okay. with the San Jose Sharks. That's a real bummer. Jesus. Yeah. Um, okay. Ole Okunim was another one. There's. Uh, let, let's go. I think you guys. I think you guys could get this one as well because it is another former. Bruin, another former Leaf. He played for the Blues, the Coyotes, the Flames, the Penguins, the Rangers, the Jets, the Devils, and the Hurricanes. What, fucking Joffrey Lupo? No, but he was a part of the Alex Steen trade. Bruh. Steve Dangle would have gotten this. It was this player for Alex Steen and Carlo Koliakovo back in 2008. Matt Stajan? Nope. Okay. Hmm. Ended his career as a Bruin. Hmm. Cap. It's a tough one. Cap? Cabriolet? No, not Cabriolet. I'm terrible <laughs> with these, apparently. Dude, I don't even... I know. <laughs> it's okay. Dude, they're very tough. They're very, very tough. I'm just laying back in my chair. I'm just going to relax. That you are. Uh, all right. So this one was Lee Stepniak. Uh, Stepniak. Have... Holy shit. Yeah. Played for 10 teams. I forgot um, he was a Leaf. Ole Jokinen, Matthew Schneider, Jim Dowd, uh, J.J. Daniel, and Michel Petit yep. uh, were the ones listed on this list. So the ones I knew you guys might have a shot at were more Stepniak, Jokinen, and maybe Matthew Schneider. Um, 
it's just kind of incredible, like what guys ended up oh, uh, Matthew Schneider oh, I... being there. And I mean, right. technically, you could argue that Broussard played for eleven teams. He uh, was a Vegas Golden Knight for like two seconds before he was flipped. So never played a game for oh, them. So but yeah, same with Oljokinen. Oljokinen didn't play a single game as a Leaf. He was traded like an hour later. And the final little bit here on this uh, on this particular podcast. Leon Dreisaitl, with his 243rd career NHL goal, became the highest-scoring German player of all time. Can you guys name any other members of the top 10 for the highest-scoring Germans of all time? Is that goals? Yes. Ah, fuck. It's Butch from WWE. You know what? I'm going to say there's, Marcel Gotch. There's a, he did play yes, a lot. Yes, he is fourth. Mm. I was going to say, there Damn. are two players. Actually, Sin, there are numerous players you should get here because there are former Sharks. Yeah, I know Marcel Gotch has got to be one of them because he's fucking German. Yeah, Gotch scored 75 goals yeah. in his <laughs> 636th career in NHL oh games. Oh, man. Oh, God. So we're looking for German goal scorers. Yeah, gotcha at four. You know Dreisaitl's number one. Yeah. Yeah, I got another Another former shark. I'm trying to just think of who else was German in the Sharks. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking of. Thornton trade. Oh, of course. What? How do I forget him all the time? Marco Sturm. Jesus Christ. There you go. Oh, he is second. Shit. That is, I forgot that is who Dreisaitl passed. He had 242. Uh, another... Former member of the San Jose Sharks, defenseman, had 74 goals. Was actually drafted by the Sharks in the fourth round in 2001. Went on to play for Vancouver, Price- Buffalo. Pricing. No, no, not Tom Pricing. Shit, no, no, no. Fuck. Oh, Erhoff. Derp, derp, derp. Hey, I, I, I get him confused. Erhoff. I get him confused. My bad. Christian Erhoff is fifth in goals in, for Germans, Germans in the NHL. <laughs> he wasn't yeah, OFD. I remember him more as a saber. Most people yeah, that's it's true. I remember him as a uh, shark. The final a turnover machine. Final member of the top five. He's third. Played for the Sabers, the Oilers for a cup of coffee, and the St. Louis Blues. Wait, I think I know this. Late nineties, early two thousands. Never mind. I don't like know this. Goathead era Sabers. I was going to say, uh, what's it fucking, who's that guy that Architect absolutely fucking hates and played for the Sabres? And he has all of them. No, Vili Lano. That was going to be him. <laughs> Not Vili Lano. Uh, so the, the top, the yeah. top 10 then. Uh, it's Dreisaitl, Sturm, Jochen Hesch. Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah, Gotch, yeah. Erhoff, Uwe Krupp, <laughs> Tobias oh, Reeder. <laughs> Toby. <laughs> Number eight is Dennis Seidenberg, nine Dominic Cahoon, and currently top ten all time in goal scoring in the NHL for Germans with 26 goals, Tim Stutzla. <laughs> He's, He's already, already there. top ten. <laughs> oh my god. Oh how ridiculous this is, is that? That's the, that's the reason why I wanted to recap this. I'm like, how the hell is he top 10 all well, time? Not a whole lot of German representation in the NHL, apparently. Well, that's going to change there have been, uh Quant Hockey has 44 Germans uh, of all positions to have ever played in the NHL. It's so small. That's what she said. Yeah, yeah you'd, you'd think it'd be... <laughs> uh, <laughs> think there would have been more. Well, the, but, the development's getting a lot better, like especially the World Junior Team and their yeah. national team program. They're getting a lot better. 
Um, I think because yeah. obviously you have Drysaitel there mentoring the younger kids who aren't really that much younger than fucking Leon. So like, it's kind of like, oh yeah, that, that, that's, it's coming a long way. I think it's next... better with mine stick. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god! Everybody, thank you for listening to another edition or watching. I'm sure you enjoyed this podcast if you were watching because I know it was up to some shenanigans. Uh, thank you guys for uh, supporting the podcast. We do thank you. We will be back this Tuesday. No idea who Endo and I will be here with. It might just be the two of us. We shall see. Time will tell. But Sin, as always, great having you on the pod every Friday. Yeah. Let the people know where they can find you and what you're up to. Yeah. I mean, you guys can find me on the YouTube at Sin for the Win Productions. We'll be starting a new franchise mode pretty soon. It will be, by the way the poll's going, the Vancouver Canucks. So uh, that should that should be pretty interesting. And, of course, all the members will be uh, back in there with their new prospects, new randomized potentials, and all that. You can follow me on uh, Instagram at uh, Paul Cinders, and I'll be posting a bit of my life and, you know, some music there, especially. Uh, and I'll be launching the YouTube music channel eventually to hopefully just after or just before uh, my uh, my first solo gig on April 3rd. So, hey. Oh, damn. Congrats. Yeah. Endo, you mentioned you were streaming more often. What do you got going on? Um, uh, nothing really, honestly. Um, I shit post. That's me. Endo Mills, the shit poster. Uh, you can catch me live every day, new times actually. Uh, set, some sometime early in the morning before ten o'clock on weekdays. Uh, and then after that, around like three, four, five ish. It's not really set in schedule. Uh, it's mostly whenever I'm waking up for work. And then after work, I go for a few hours. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. Uh, so far, uh, numbers have gone up. So that's always great. You know, perfect. Uh, give it the, the gold grapes. Thumbs up. And uh, yeah, you want to follow me on Twitter. Uh, Endo Mills. It's Twitter. Uh, Endo Mills, Twitch, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Hopefully coming soon. So that's that's me. And for me, this weekend is very busy. This Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern over on twitch.tv forward slash Lazarus. You can catch me alongside my buddy, Mr. Grizzgold, uh, doing kind of the, not necessarily the play-by-play, but doing the uh, broadcast coverage for Lazarus in their event, the Chevrolet Good Deeds Cup NHL 22 Shootout Showdown. So uh, very interesting to see a kind of shootout take front and center stage. But we will be on that broadcast alongside celebrity judges, gold medalist Sarah Nurse, Mr. Steve Dangle, not the airplane you might hear in the background, and Mr. Arda Ocal. So that's going to be cool as shit to be able to work alongside everybody involved there. that's awesome. Yeah. And this Sunday, yeah, I have Grizz to thank for this. Uh, And no sleeves for taking a vacation. (laughs) But as well, this Sunday, same time actually as this, another 2 p.m. start. I'll be live on my channel, of course, twitch.tv forward slash 2 24 with my first charity stream of the year uh, after our success this past December uh, working alongside a company by the name of Soft Giving. I've entered an agreement with them. Of course, we raised almost $11,000 for the American Cancer Society about a week before Christmas, which is still insane. That's why I ended up bald. And this time out, there's a reason why I'm trying to let the hair grow out a little bit because we are raising money for Hope for the Day. Uh, They try to help make mental health care more accessible to everybody in need. We're looking to raise money there. And of course, if we hit our goal, well, this time we won't be shaving the head. Uh, But top donor gets to decide uh, hairstyle and color 
My girlfriend's dreading it already. I kind of am too. But at the same time, on Tuesday, you might see me, I don't know, with a pink mohawk, for all I know. This this could be ridiculous. Uh, but again, make sure to tune in for that 2 p.m. Eastern this Sunday. It might be another two-part stream where we have some afternoon time and some late-night hour time as well to kind of maximize eyes on what we're trying to do. Uh, so again, we will see you this Tuesday. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show, and goodbye. One thing as well, too. This is a late edition. Please tell me you kept it in there. Please tell me it's still recording. It's, it's, you stopped recording, didn't you? Yeah, you just go. You kept it? Oh, yeah. If we raise 15K, I'm going to shave my fucking head and get that undercut, baby. Officially confirmed. Put it in there. Big Nate. There. <laughs> Big Nate, who, who donated a decent amount. God bless your soul last time. Says, I'm like, hey, man, I'm looking for a new chair for my desk. He sends me the, the barber's chair. He's like, yeah, sit in it. I'm like, yeah, now I guess it's got to happen. Yeah. There you go. It's not just my hair on the line. And Sin's putting his goatee on the line. No. He's not. <laughs> he's not, everybody. He's not. <laughs> get me out of this shit. <laughs> I quit the show. I'm a donator. <laughs> there you go.